On this time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Kisavo. Parshas Kisavo, according to the Chinuch, contains six mitzvos. It begins with the specific mitzvah of the recitation that accompanied the bringing of the Bikurim, the first fruits, to the Beis Hamikdash. And basically, we are more familiar with this paragraph beginning with Vionisa Viamarto Lifnei Hashem because we take this paragraph of Arami Oved Avi and it has become a significant part of our Pesach Haggadah which we are Doresh which we then explain the various verses in this first opening part of the parsha. You have as well the last mitzvah in this parsha is that of the Holachto Bidrachov, literally the charge for man and specifically for the Jew to emulate Hashem. And the idea behind this is that we are to be cognizant that our Midos tovos, our good actions are prompted and motivated because we are emulating the ways of Hashem. The Torah tells us that Hashem visited Avraham, he was Mavakir Chola, and so do we. Torah tells us that Hashem blesses Yitzchak and at the time when after Avram passes on he is Menachim Ovel to Yitzchak so do we. I'd like to focus this morning on a very interesting aspect of the mitzvah of Bikurim, which the Mishnayas and Bikurim describe in detail how exactly the Bikurim were brought, and to focus on one interesting aspect, namely the baskets. A drop of, not necessarily background yet, but I'm going to refer the listening audience to Rabbi Yitzchak Zilberstein Schlita, a most prolific author, son-in-law of the late Rebel Yoshev, Zechat Sadik Levracha, has in his third volume of Vaharivna on this week's parsha of Kisavo a very interesting question. The question being regarding a group of about ten men who study Talmud regularly together. And when it comes to a new Masechta, a new tractate, they rotate as to who purchases the Gemaras for the group. And today, with a great variety of Gemaras available, including those with many more features, such as um, Art Scroll Gemaras, Steinsalz Gemaras, uh, Gemaras whereby you have the Nakudos, 
the vowels and punctuation in the text. Rashi highlighted all different kinds of features. The more affluent members purchased more costly texts, and the more economically strapped individuals purchased more basic texts. And the question that was asked of Rev Zilberstein was, should the Magid Shir, the instructor of the group, make a policy that only one type of Gemara be bought in order to safeguard and protect the dignity of the poorer members of the group? So as part of his analysis of this question, Rabbi Zilberstein cites the Tosfos Yom Tov on the Mishnah Bikurim, whereby in the Mishnah in chapter 3, Mishnah 8, informs us that regarding the baskets in which the Bikurim were brought, we're taught the following that the poor farmers gave their Bikurim, their first fruits, to the Kohen in baskets, and the Kohen kept the baskets, which were made from woven aravos myrtle. And the wealthy farmers, they gave their Bikurim in baskets of gold and silver, which the Kohanim returned to their respective owners. To which the Talmud comments that Anya, poor, the state of being poor, Basar Anya Azla Aniyusa, the poor stay poor, and the rich, well, they get their baskets back. So the Tosfos Yontov asks a very interesting question. Why didn't the rabbis make a policy that not to embarrass the poor, we should have one size fits all? Everybody should bring the same basket. Is there a precedent for this? Definitely there is. Number one, the mission at the end of Tanis, found in the Gemara Tanis, on page 26b, the Gemara tells us that on Tuba'av and on Yom Kippur, the girls would dance, but they would borrow clothing one from another so a fellow should not be attracted after a girl by what appears to be a more expensive dress in order to maintain the dignity of the poor. And not only that, the Talmud teaches in the Gemara Subos 8b that originally, and this is going to hurt you, just to listen to this, originally removing and the death or the burial, the cost of burial was a great terrible blow to the poor. Why? Because the wealthy families buried their dead in suits and dresses and the poor couldn't afford it. So what did the poor families have to do? They would leave their deceased in the public square in front of the quote municipal building where it would be found and it then became 
the responsibility of the community to purchase the garment to bury the dead or the poor. When Rabbi Gamliel saw this, he left a tzavoa, he left a will, and said, bury me in plain linen shrouds, and the Talmud tells us this has been our practice to this day. So if we have very strong precedent whereby we take into very serious account the sensitivities of the poor, why not over here in the Beis Hamikdash did they not make a policy everybody brings the first fruits in very simple baskets. So the Tosfos Yom Tov answers that the kvod of the Beis Hamikdash literally the honor of bringing the gold and silver kvod base elokenu umishar sav and the honor that it afforded to the kohanim on duty fulfilling zakeli v'amvehu adorning Hashem by beautifying his mitzvos this overrode the concern and sensitivity to the poor. Rav Zilvishpin, however, brings what I consider a most exciting Malbim who teaches that there's another significant difference between the baskets of the rich and that of the poor. The poor man postulates the Malbim, wove the basket out of myrtle leaves specifically for this purpose. And since it is a labor of love, reflecting his personal Mesiras Nefesh for the mitzvah, the basket itself becomes an integral part of the mitzvah. To quote the words of the Malbim, the basket itself becomes nitfal, literally part and parcel of Lebikurim. And therefore, Vishiyya la Kohen. Therefore, it goes to the Kohen. It's not simply a Hechi Timtza. It's not simply a means to an end, enabling the farmer to give the fruit to the Kohen, but rather it assumes, the basket itself assumes the status of the mitzvah itself. Why? Because the poor man who toiled and gave literally of himself in making the basket, that elevates the basket to become part and parcel of the mitzvah. And therefore it is for this reason that we honor the poor and the Kohen keeps the basket in recognition of the noble efforts of the poor. And I believe this is such a significant insight and powerful message of the Malbim. The Torah teaches that when one invests in something, it becomes an integral part of themselves. The Gemara in Bav Metziah teaches that a Adam wrote, A person prefers, literally, a kav of his own produce more than nine of his fellows. And Rashi explains why. Because he toiled to produce it, and therefore it's most precious to him. And my friends, what's true in the physical, materialistic realm is equally true in the spiritual realm as well. In Avos de Rav Nasan, Perigimel Mishnevav, it teaches Tov Mitzvah Achas 
bitsa'ar, one mitzvah observed with sar, meaning with difficulty and challenge, is then you 100 mitzvos performed with ease. And listen carefully what you had in last week's parsha. When the Torah tells you in last week, chapter 24, Pasuk 15, pay your workers on time. Biyomo titain schoro. Literally, by the end of the day, pay him. Why? Listen to what the Torah says. Kionihu, especially if he is a poor individual, the love who no say is not show. Now literally, what does that mean? So Artscroll tells you, and his life depends on it, which is correct. He needs it. But Rashi cites the Mara in Bavakamo, which tells us, my goodness, that you know what's happening over here? That this individual is willing to put his life on the line for it. Construction workers, look how high they go up on the scaffolding. People who cut fruit from trees in yesteryear, hung from trees and put themselves in danger. So a love who no say es not show for his material needs as well as when one puts oneself out for the purpose of a mitzvah. And so we find, interestingly, at the beginning of the book of Tillim, whereby in the second pasuk of Tehillim, Kiim Besoras Hashem Cheftso, David praises the one whose desire is in the Torah of Hashem, and Uvesoras So Yegeyo Mambaloila. The literal translation is, and in his Torah with a capital H, he meditates day and night. But the Gemara in Kedushan 32b understands that initially it's God's Torah, but once an individual has studied it and put in the Amel and Yegiyah, He's put in the time and the effort. It's called Torah, so it becomes his Torah, namely that of the scholar. And therefore, we find similarly at the beginning of the book of Ayikra, when the Torah speaks of a Karban Ola. So there are those that bring a Karban Ola from an animal, and those that bring it on a lower level from a bird, and finally those who bring a meal offering. And just regarding those who bring a meal offering, the Torah uses the term Nefesh. Why? And Rashi says, who's bringing a meal offering? Only a poor man. But a poor man who does it with great sincerity, God looks upon it as if he has given his very soul. And therefore I think that the lesson of the Malbim is most appropriate, especially for this time of the year, as we prepare for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Make mitzvos yours. The idea being that just as the poor man and his basket, the basket becomes an integral part of the, of the mitzvah. And one way, how could you make mitzvos yours, suggests the Chazonish, is by studying the mitzvah. The more you understand what appears to be the technicalities of the mitzvah and the philosophical teachings, the more it will become part of you. Ask yourself, why do we blow 30 sounds tkios to Yushav before the Shemona Esrei? Why do we blow 30 sounds during the Shemona Esrei? Why 40 at the end? Which, what is biblical? What is rabbinic? This is just a way, suggests the Chazonish, how to make mitzvos yours. 
And so I believe that a very interesting lesson that comes out of this week's parsha is you should become basket-like. What does that mean? Not just do good, but please God, transform yourself to become good. Shabbat Shalom to all.